my name is Father Edward Looney, and you are listening to the first episode of a brand new podcast called How They Love Mary. I've read a lot of books about Mary, and I study the lives of the saints. And one of the things that I realize as I read their writings is that each one had a very unique Marian devotion, that no two saints loved Mary in the same way. They all have beautiful quotes about Mary, and their devotion was very unique for themselves. In this podcast, How They Love Mary, what I want to do is I want to sit down each week and we're going to talk about the Blessed Mother with a guest. Maybe it'll be someone who tweeted a very beautiful meditation about the Blessed Mother in 240 characters or however many characters you can tweet now on Twitter. Maybe it'll be someone who wrote an article, a blog from one of the many Catholic websites out there. Sometimes when I give retreats, I'll be giving two retreats, one in April, one in May. I'll be at a gathering of Marian scholars, and I hope to sit down with some of them and to talk about their Marian devotion. When did their interest in the Blessed Mother begin? This podcast, How They Love Mary, I hope, will be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. The truth is, is For Catholics all throughout the world, we all have different types of devotion to Mary. We approach her in many different ways. And maybe as we begin with this first episode today, that's the question we first ask. What is your devotion to Mary like? What is your devotion to Mary like? How would you describe it? What would you use as a summary? What is your favorite devotion As you think about that question, what is your Marian devotion like? Maybe for some of you, you grew up in a household and you had that strong Marian devotion. Maybe your family gathered all the time and you prayed the rosary together. Maybe you prayed the Angelus at six, noon or six, or before meals. You had some sort of devotion to the Blessed Mother. It's ingrained in you. Unfortunately, I also know people who are in that situation where devotion to Mary was something they grew up with, that later in their life, as they kind of leave the home, they leave behind that Marian devotion. They give up on the rosary for a little bit, but eventually I always find that they come back to the Blessed Mother to find her intercession, to ask her prayers, to look to her as the model disciple and a fellow believer in Jesus. Maybe for others, you've never had a devotion to Mary. And maybe you're like, why am I even listening to this podcast? Maybe it's because we'll be inspired by the many different people that we talk to, and they'll help us to love Mary, to deepen our devotion, to begin to take our step forward to the Blessed Mother. There's a radio personality who has since retired from Chicago, Kevin Matthews. Maybe some of you know of his name. Kevin Matthews wrote a book called Broken Mary. And a few years ago, we were at the same conference together, speaking at it, and really forged a friendship. And I talk to him every now and again, and we share a few common friends. And one of the things, as I was talking to him the other day, uh, I was talking about building an app and who could I hire to do that? Uh, for a rosary litany. And he had a guy in mind that built his app, Broken Mary. And what he told me was that the man who built the app was actually an atheist, didn't believe in God. 
but because of the app, has fallen in love with the Blessed Mother. Isn't that what happens sometimes? That maybe our Marian devotion leads us to a deeper love of Jesus. That an attraction to Mary helps us to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. I see that sometimes when I go to Marian shrines like Lourdes, France, for example. People go there. They're drawn to the fact that Mary appeared there. They want to bathe in the waters of Lourdes. And once they get to Lourdes, once they meet the Blessed Mother in this place where she appeared in 1858, well, then they go to the sacraments. They first go to confession. They go and they celebrate Mass. They receive the Eucharist. And so... They go to Mary, and they come to know Jesus. Sometimes it happens the other way, that a person in their life will have this strong devotion, their great love for Jesus, who was our brother and our Lord, our Savior, our Redeemer. And they love Jesus so much, and eventually Jesus wants to introduce them to his mother. Behold thy son, he said to John. And so... Jesus wants all of us to behold Mary as our mother. And so sometimes out of our love for Jesus, he says, won't you also love my mother too? There are other people who might be tuning into this podcast that are curious, that they want to know more about the Blessed Mother and her powerful role in the lives of Christians all throughout history. They want to understand why it is Catholics have such a fascination with the Mother of God. And so you're tuning in to understand how it is that others love Mary. And as we learn from other people, well, that's going to inform our love for the Blessed Mother. If you're a convert to Catholicism, came into the church through the RCIA process, left one of the other branches of Protestantism, maybe Lutheranism or Methodism. Maybe you come from a non-denominational background. And perhaps Mary has been a stumbling block for you. I hope to talk to some converts on the show as well on this podcast so that we can understand how they came to love the Blessed Mother in their process of journeying into the Catholic Church, into a full communion in the Church. I hope that you'll like this podcast, and each week as we talk to some of our guests then, what we'll do is we'll build their Marian profile. We'll talk to them about their Marian devotion. And through that, hopefully they'll give us helpful advice. Maybe they'll make us think about something in a new way, or maybe we'll hear it for the very first time. Also on the podcast, what I'd like to do is if there's some news in the Marian world, maybe the Holy Father said something about the Blessed Mother or there's something just going on that people are talking about Mary if it's a feast day or something like that. I'd like to spotlight that as well. And as we launch this first episode, Mary was in the news. Our Holy Father, Pope Francis, talked about the Blessed Mother. He went to the Shrine of Loretto, and the Shrine of Loretto is believed to be the Holy House of Mary. There's a, a book by Sophia Institute Press that you can uh, purchase, that you can learn about the House of Loretto and kind of understand this devotion and what people believe about it. And uh, Pope Francis was there, 
And he talked about discernment, especially how Mary is a model of that discernment. He gave this talk, these brief remarks on the Feast of the Annunciation. And the Feast of the Annunciation, the gospel that we hear from Luke, really does talk to us about how it is to discern our vocations. Pope Francis was in Loretto because he wanted to entrust the post-synodal document on the youth to the intercession of Mary. What did he say? He made three points about Marian discernment, and I draw these out from a wonderful article that I found on Aletheia on that website. We'll post a link in the show notes, but this is what Pope Francis really remarked about Marian discernment. He said, first, that the example of Mary at the Annunciation shows us that she listens. The angel comes to her. She listens to the angel. When it comes to a vocation, he says that God takes the first step. He makes the first movement in that call that he gives to the people. And so Mary listens. Secondly, then there's that discernment that we do. We mull over. We ask God. We pray. He holds up Mary at the Annunciation when she says, How will this be? And so that's the process of her discernment. And again, she enters into that period of listening. She asks the question, and then she discerns as the angel speaks those words. And then in that process of our discernment, looking to Mary as an example, the third step is to make the decision. And that's what Mary does at the end of the Annunciation. She says, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done to me according to your word. Maybe as we hear from Pope Francis this week, in our own lives when things that we need to discern come up, maybe we can take Mary as our example. Listen, discern, decide. Listen, discern, decide. Our first episode of How They Love Mary is going to be a bit longer because we've already talked a little bit. My goal each week is to make it about 10 to 15 minutes, but because this week I want to introduce kind of the movement, set the scene for the podcast that took up some time. And now we've talked a little bit about Mary in the news. And each week then after that, we're going to move into the Marian profile of our guest, where the guest will share with us a little bit about their Marian devotion. And so I've come up with some questions to really set the stage for the Marian profile. And because of that, I thought it would be appropriate, since I'm your host of How They Love Mary, that I would do my own Marian profile this week as we prepare to hear the Marian profiles of others in weeks to come. One of the questions that we'll ask is, what is your earliest memory of Marian devotion or when did Mary enter into your life? When did a devotion develop? For me, I'd say that that Marian devotion began at a very young age. Come to one of my talks and I'll often say when someone asks that question that I came out of the womb loving Mary. It's probably not true, but it really goes back a long way to, to the early days of my memory of having this devotion to Mary. I had a grandmother who was very devout, 
very religious. And I saw her pray the rosary. When I was a young boy, we started going to Mass during the summers when we, I'd have off from school. We would go to Mass, and afterwards, the people would pray the rosary. And so we would stay, and we'd pray the rosary with them. I had this natural inclination, I guess you could say, towards Marian apparitions. I began to hear stories about Mary's many appearances. There was a lady in my home parish who did pilgrimages, who led them. And so she was always talking about the apparitions of Our Lady. I watched The Song of Bernadette, and I watched that movie so many times in my youth. It was just a very powerful film that conveyed to me that God is real and that God exists. And it would always encourage me to love God more, to love Mary as well. I went on a few different Marian pilgrimages. One I went on with that lady from my home parish that planned those trips. But being from the Diocese of Green Bay, there was also this Marian apparition site that took place in 1859. And so I went there on a pilgrimage and I prayed there. And uh, when I was a young boy, maybe uh, in eighth grade, we went on a little trip with my parish. But then when I was 16 years old, I drove there. I had my license. I went there for the Feast of the Assumption of Mary. And that was really the day in which Marian pilgrimage was so important to me because I saw so many people there who wanted to honor the Blessed Mother who re, who received the Eucharist, who went about praying the rosary in the procession that was happening. And so that was a very moving experience for a young person to see all these people gathered in one place, 2,000 people, to honor God, to worship God, to seek the intercession of Mary. Marian pilgrimage, I would say, is one of the ways in which I do love Mary. I love visiting her shrines. Two years ago during the centennial year of Fatima, I was listening to a radio show on Sirius XM's The Catholic Channel called Pathways of Learning, and the sister on the show interviews different people about books they've written, and she wanted to highlight a lot of different Fatima books that year, given this the 100th anniversary. And one of the authors that came on made a very striking comment that has stayed with me. He talked about going to Marian shrines, and he said that every time we go to a Marian shrine, it's like we're going to our mom's house. We feel the warmth of the house. And so for me, Marian pilgrimage has been very important. I go to shrines all throughout the country. I go to shrines in Europe. I love traveling to these different places of devotion to see how people throughout the centuries have loved Mary, to see how Mary has interceded in their life. And so that's one thing that I love to do. And that's one of the forms and one of the expressions of my own Marian devotion of how I manifest my love for the Blessed Mother. What's my favorite title of Mary? I think our favorite titles of Mary or our favorite saints, I think they change given the situation that we find ourselves in. And so for me right now, I'd say one of my favorite titles of Mary is Health of the Sick. And that's just because I know some people that are sick. And so to really seek the intercession of Mary... When I go to hospitals and anoint people, I often ask the intercession of Our Lady, Health of the Sick. And so that's a title of Mary that's staying with me right now, one that I invoke pretty often in my own life. Marian sacramentals, do you wear any? I wear a brown scapular. A number of years ago, I wore what was called a five 
fold scapular, the different scapulars of Our Lady, the blue scapular, the black scapular, the brown scapular, the white scapular, the red scapular. Um, But I decided just to go with the brown scapular, kind of the more traditional scapular that people wear. I also wear a miraculous medal uh, because Mary promised when she appeared to St. Catherine Labore that through the miraculous medal, many graces would be given. And we see that in the lives of so many people who have worn the miraculous medal, how does obtain conversions and healings. In fact, it was originally called the Medal of the Immaculate Conception, but it took on the name Miraculous Medal because of all the miracles that were happening to those who wore it. How about a rosary tip? So I do pray the rosary. I love meditating on the life of Jesus through the rosary. St. Louis de Montfort said that praying the rosary allows us to pray the gospels. And if we didn't pray the rosary, when would we pray the gospels? And so I really do enjoy praying the rosary. What would be a tip to someone struggling with rosary, with praying it, maybe getting over the monotony of it, the repetition of it? I hate to self-promote, but it was something that really changed my rosary praying. And really, I credit it to Dr. Edward Sri. I credit it to my friend, Father Ryan Rojo, who introduced me to the method uh, that he learned from Dr. Edward Sri. And as I uncovered, really uh, ancient practice going back many years, St. Louis de Montfort wrote about it in The Secrets of the Rosary, inserting a phrase after the name of Jesus in the Hail Mary prayer that focuses our meditation on the rosary mystery being meditated. For example, from the Annunciation, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, announced to the Blessed Virgin. Thy womb, Jesus, announced by the angel Gabriel. Thy womb, Jesus, word made flesh. You know, different sayings that we insert after the name of Jesus kind of forces us to pause, to think about what's going on in this mystery. And so that's my recommendation, a rosary litany doing that. If you want those phrases, our Sunday visitor has the book. You can order it on Amazon. You can get it from OSV or wherever Catholic books are sold. Favorite Marian Bible passage. It's tough. And as we talk about this with our guests each week, who knows what they're going to say? They could call upon the Old Testament, lots of different prophecies of Mary in the Old Testament, even Genesis, the Proto-Evangelium, that the, the foot of the woman will crush the head of the serpent, often attributed to the Blessed Mother. So my favorite Marian passage, I always go back to the wedding feast at Cana. They have no wine. Really, I look at that in our own lives when we ask the intercession of Mary, when maybe we've given up all hope and we turn to her in her session so she advocates for us before the throne of Almighty God. She says, they have no more wine. I've come to ask this request for them. They have no more wine. Favorite Marian apparition. It's a tough question. I've been to a lot of Marian shrines all throughout the world. Each one hits me in a different way. Of course, I love the shrine here in Wisconsin, the, shrine, the National Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help, where Mary appeared 1859 to Adele Brice. Very powerful apparition. I've done a lot of writing on it. A lot of, uh, I visit it regularly. 
one marrying apparition that I especially love is a kind of maybe an unknown apparition that took place in Belgium in the village of Borang. For whatever reason, I when I visited Borang, when I went to Belgium to do some research, it made a very strong impression on my heart and on my soul. The message of Borang, very simple. And uh, that's one that stayed with me. I also have a fondness as well for an apparition that was just approved maybe in 2008. It was relatively uh, recent. Actually, when it was approved, it gave us great hope that maybe the Wisconsin apparition would one day be approved by the local bishop. But that's the apparition in Laos or what they call Le Lao in the local language. And uh, Mary appearing there to a young woman. I won't say her name in French. It's uh, in English. It relates to Benedicta. Benedicta Rancorel. Mary began appearing there in 1664. So that's another apparition. So uh, lots of different Marian apparitions. It's really hard for me to say I love this one because I love them all. I love all of Mary's messages. Favorite Marian shrine. And there's a distinction there, right? So here we are talking about Marian apparitions. And of course, at a Marian apparition site, there is a Marian shrine attached to it. It becomes a place of devotion to Mary, but there are lots of Marian shrines all throughout the world that pop up, that arise out of the devotion of the local people. And so there are so many of them. You want to know about some of the American Marian shrines? Check out Marge Fenlin's new book, Mary, My Queen, My Mother, An American Pilgrimage, A Living Novena. Uh, I know I didn't get the title exactly right. I'll put a link to it in the show notes, but she visited nine Marian shrines and wanted to tell the story of them, wanted to invite us to pray about them and to, you know, maybe you can't visit every Marian shrine in the U.S. And so make a spiritual pilgrimage, make an armchair pilgrimage. Maybe you can't be there, but you can know about it. You can send your guardian angel to visit there for you, to intercede on your behalf. I had a layover in Paris, and I didn't have enough time to make it from the airport to the Miraculous Metal Shrine like I wanted to Rudabach. I've been to Rudabach, and this would have been my second visit there. But what I did in the airport, I said to my guardian angel, I said, Dear guardian angel, please go to the shrine and please offer to Our Lady these intentions and lay them at the feet of her shrine there at the altar. Favorite Marian shrine? In the United States, there's a shrine down in Florida that I've just become really enamored with. It's really because I took on this charism. I shared about it in an article on Catholic Exchange a few weeks ago. But the shrine of Our Lady of La Leche um, down there in St. Augustine, Florida. I've visited twice now, and I hope every year to go down to St. Augustine and to visit that shrine, to pray there for a few days. It's a shrine known for its graces of conception. So I go to pray for couples I know who are struggling with fertility, who want to have a child but are unable to do so. And so I pray that God will give them the grace to conceive or to adopt. And so that's a shrine because of what I would call maybe a charism that I've taken on to pray for uh, couples struggling to conceive, that it's a, a shrine that I've just really fallen in love with. Favorite Marian book you've read? Now, I realize some of our guests maybe don't have an answer to this, 
maybe some of them will default to Louis de Montfort, to, to the great author of True Devotion to Mary. That book had a tremendous impact on St. John Paul II. Favorite Marian book? I would say that for me, uh, I always, whenever I write a, a article on Mary, for example, I was preparing one on the Assumption for Catholic Digest. And when I was writing the article, uh, I always go back to a book by Father Frederick Jelly called Madonna, Our Lady in the Catholic Tradition. And uh, it, it was written maybe back in the 1980s, but I just consider it a good source document. Uh, lots of different quotes they have. He really summarizes a lot of the Marian dogmas, draws upon the tradition, and is very helpful for any research that I've ever done. Favorite Marian painting. Lots of different statues of Mary out there, lots of different paintings. It's hard to answer this question for me, but one that has always stuck in my mind, I visited the art museum down in St. Louis once, and there was a special exhibit that was traveling the country or the world, and it was by an artist named Federico Barocci. And maybe I'm saying his name wrong, but uh, there was a painting there that just captured my attention called The Return from the Flight into Egypt. Just Joseph and Mary and the child Jesus just resting on their return from going into Egypt. So that's one uh, painting that has stayed with me for a long time. Uh, I don't have it. I don't have a painting of it. I don't have it framed or anything. But it's one that when I think of a picture of Mary, it's one that I am drawn to. There are lots of different images of Mary. Um, but that's one that I think of right away. So we've come to the end of our first podcast of How They Love Mary, this initial episode, really just to introduce it, to let you know what it's going to be like. I think next week will be much more interesting when we have a guest on, when we're dialoguing back and forth, when we're uh, talking about these different things in their own life. This was just a monologue, but I thought it'd be good just to give that introduction, to let you meet me to know where I'm coming from, why I love the Blessed Mother, how I love the Blessed Mother. And so I credit a lot to her intercession in my life. Even my priesthood was the guidance of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So I hope you'll give How You Love Mary a listen next week and to find your weekly encouragement to either begin or to deepen your devotion to the Mother of God.